All right, everybody, we've got a special episode 200 <laughs> guest for you. Out of Chicago, Illinois, this man has traveled around the world to damn near every country and fought the best man they had in every single one of them. He's knocked out numerous champions. He stood across the ring from Matt Sarah, from Chris Lytle, and dominated Rich Clemente and Tough. You'll know him as the pimp himself, and we are going to include his people. Shoney, Mr. International Carter. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I'm so excited. This is not artificial intelligence. This is really me. <laughs> and this is the real deal. And for the audio-only visitors, oh, for our audio-only guys, he's wearing his suit that he wore the day that he landed the first ever spinning back fist knockout in the UFC against Matt Sarah, who went on to be a champ, dude. He spot everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah, for being here, man. Yeah, I'm still happy we got this to work. <laughs> I'm so glad that, you know, Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, and what's that other boy's name? Uh, with all the money in the world. Bill Zuckerberg Gates? and Gates. Oh, Zuckerberg. Oh, Zuckerberg. The Zuckerbergers. Listen, <laughs> I need for y'all to give me a call. Give them my number at 312-978-0782. If anybody wants to fight or train, because I'm working on a platform to help everybody out. All right? Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man. That's our guy. <laughs> Dude, Shoney, what is... So that's what you're currently working on, oh, is a, a new platform. Some of. Some of. Oh, okay. What else you got cooking up? I have four different platforms. I got... Oh, my God. Let's buckle up. Okay. <laughs> buckle up. So I've got my off-screen... Uh, Fiance, secretary, director of content, uh, boss, uh, 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 navigational assistant. Um, she has a bunch of titles. She has more than a, a 401k. <laughs> so she tells me what to say. <laughs> All right. All right. So I have an autobiography I'm working on with Quincy Milrow, working on trying to get a talk show, working with. Don't say her name. That's right. She said, don't say it. I'm like, okay. So I'm working. <laughs> Can I say the website at least? Absolutely. Yeah. Sick titties. And it's because this woman. Oh. Right. Because she's a breast cancer survivor. And, oh, okay. Yeah, look, she's amazing. And doctor, I'm doctor. Uh, Don Cress and Victor Cress. He's like one of the godfathers of Hollywood for the actors in Chicago. He goes back to the era of Hollywood when it was golden. He managed Mickey Rooney. If you don't know who Mickey Rooney is, I understand. I understand. But when I say golden era of Hollywood, like way back, way before I was born. But enough about that. Let's talk. I've got things I've got going on. What? A personal training platform. My, I she she refuses to get on camera. But she's not doing the three the three prong pitchfork that's on fire, and she pokes me, and she doesn't say. You know she has a blow dryer going. Oh, she's, she's Dude, it would be snow. pretty sick. It would be pretty sick to have Mister International as a personal trainer. Yeah. I have I have seven black belts, 
all these damn belts you see back there, not those black belts, but different martial arts. And I'm going to Lithuania later this month to go be a referee for the European World Championships in Pancration. Oh, you you were a referee in a pretty famous, uh, well, probably one of the most famous knockouts of all time you were the referee for. doing your homework. That double knockout. Yeah, dude, look up, Josh, look up uh, double knockout, and then you'll see Shoney. He's the referee in that one. It's a pretty famous knockout. I got to give you some backstory on that. Okay. Initially, I did LFC like, 25. Literally, he only gave me 150 bucks. I didn't even want to go. So <laughs> I put on the most douchebag outfit I could find in my wardrobe. So I, I get the, the, you know, them pointy white tip shoes all the fellas used to wear <laughs> with those those fine yeah. designer Christian Audige jeans. I mean, uh, not, and I had a, no, those were Ed Hardy jeans. Ed Hardy jeans. And I had an Affliction t-shirt with the shiny belt buckle with the white, the jeans were black with the white leather belt. We always wear the big ass, yeah. you know, lighthouse reflective-ass glass uh, belt buckles. Like we were all world champions walking down the street. <laughs> and There it is. Dude. Right, right. So, essentially, Jacob Stoller was the referee and the ironic, the name of that place was called the Eight Second Saloon. There's a bunch of backstory. Oh. I got material for you on that. <laughs> so, that was a type of club where peanut peanut shells were on the floor. They used wire spool table tennis, those giant wooden wire spools. Yeah, dude, that's like Roadhouse. Yeah. And the referee was an idiot. And I was I always care about acting. So I said, Hey, fire, yeah. get the hell up on that body up. Go on now. And he's like, Who the hell are you? I said, If you don't bring your ass on my body, I mean I cussed him out. You gonna get somebody hurt beyond necessary, and go on and get. And I had to do. I had to talk like that because I was in that part of Indiana that mm. you know, like French Lake, Indiana. Oops, I ain't knocking a distant Larry Bird, but come on, when your town's named French Lake, <laughs> everybody's a class valedictorian. So yeah, literally, he gets out the out the cage and he tried to square up on like that. What you want to do? Talk to the promoter. I said, you'll be peeing from the from, in reverse. You're getting messing with me. So, me, I, I would kick the dick in. Doesn't mean it'd be peeing in reverse. Yeah. So, <laughs> I go in the cage, and I referee a few fights, and it was a whole bunch of what the fuck shit was going on in those fights. Then this magic moment occurs. Now, mind you, I go through the whole fight show with a bunch of shit show results. He gives me a buck fifty. I jump in my uh, car and I go back to civilization called Chicago. (laughs) That's how bad it was. (laughs) Needless to say, I dismissed it. Next thing you know, I get a phone call even a few weeks later from HDNet. I'm on Inside MMA talking about this damn double knockout. I did not really... Yeah. These people flew me out to Disneyland to talk about a damn double knockout. <laughs> That's crazy. Y'all ain't got to fly me out where y'all at. Where y'all at anyway? 
I'm in. I'm in Florida, Tampa. Okay, you could flip me out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and the fiance. Yeah, I promise I'll bring back some sand. I'll bring you a keychain. But anyway, Ooh. so I get through with that. I didn't trip. Next thing you know, I find out Michael Moore puts that eight-second clip in a movie called Capitalism. And I'm telling on director Michael Moore because J.C. Penney put me in a commercial. You know how much they paid those two amateur fighters and me for being in that J.C. Penney commercial? Oh, shit. Right. Eight seconds of work. Yeah. Two amateur fighters. <laughs> and the reason why I got paid for eight seconds of work, $7,500. Hell yeah. And literally, the woman who negotiated the deal was Marie P. Anderson. She's a she's the former owner of Ford Modeling. She discovered you may have heard of this model. Tell me if you heard of him. Yeah. Cindy Crawford. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard about her right. a few times. Marie Anderson is a black belt in Shido Khan Karate. Oh right, right. And she uses yeah. everybody, you know. Since they showed it, us and my my girl Laura is not a karate nothing, and she us Laura. I'm like uh, Marie, stop. <laughs> but we we love we love her to death. And then, I mean, it's, it's, I want Michael Moore to write that check and more than seventy five hundred because he's supposed to pay me for my age. <laughs> and if somebody yeah. that knows him, some lawyer that knows him, or you crazy ass fans. My, I am not afraid of my phone number being out on the internet because the people calling me as it is. It's going to be yeah, dude. Michael Moore showing he's coming for your ass, right. dude. Three one two nine seven eight zero seven eight two. He can he can get that printed check out. Imagine a number because interest equals principal times rate times time. Right, I remember that from school high school. Yeah, yeah. So back then. The rate was $7,500 with JCPenney. They out of business. So, Michael Moore, I'm going to need some more of that. You get it? You get it? I would be demanding a big check, too, when it was giant Oh, checks. I'm talking like one of them yeah. life-altering. You almost, yeah. not quite like, fuck all of you money, but almost like, kiss my ass. You know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> kiss my ass. Right. Yeah. You know, I ain't saying fuck, fuck you is... is Fuck you, Jill's like, fuck you. That means you don't want to see him no more. Whatever, you know, you terminating that that interaction. But kiss my ass could go either way. You know. <laughs> yeah, it could go either way. Right. There's no it, it, it's a bunch you can do with kiss my ass. Fuck you means <laughs> fuck you. So Michael Moore. I need some more of that. And you get mad. He needs some more. Kiss my ass. You gotta know. Right? Print that check. My address can be. Um, I will give. I swear to God, Michael Moore, Shoney Carter at Yahoo, real Shoney Carter at Gmail. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but just send it to Facebook. <laughs> Elon Musk, Zuckerberg, y'all need some MMA help? Look at the background. You got all them billions and billions of dollars, and you ain't got not one title belt. I'm just Dude. saying. One of them needs to bring you in for their camp, dude. You would be a legendary corner for one of those guys. 
I have a, a distinguished black belt in several disciplines. Oh, yeah, I also have a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, my, which I giggled about because it was awarded to me. Okay, you heard this guy named Brock Lesnar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So his grappling coach was Rodrigo Medeiros, a comprito, and he was an Abu Dhabi uh, champion. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records. So... Comprito belted Ramiro Mota as his under him. Ramiro Mota uh, has Elias Cepeda. So Ramiro Mota and Cepeda belted me with a brown belt. He says, we can't give you a black belt. We can't give you a brown belt. I'm like, well, that's cute. Thank you, us. You know, but you don't say us in Brazil. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. And so I go to my karate instructor. This is a lot. This is a lot. This is why I can train people. I tell my karate, my Japanese karate instructor about the whole shenanigan. He's like, why well, didn't he give you a black belt? You can kick their ass. I'm like, no, that's not how BJJ works. I gotta go, I gotta go, um, you know, compete and show people I'm proficient in grappling. And he's like, now this is out of the mouth of a Japanese and other Japanese martial art instructors that I know. The fuck you mean? <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, you, you, you damn near seven. You ain't gonna be saying that. In the back of my mind. In the back of my mind. I didn't say it to him. But it's hilarious because people are like, why they give you a brown belt? I said, well, I've only competed as a black belt since the 90s. So I'm gonna do some tournaments. I'm gonna wear my, my brand new brown belt. I can time out. He's got it, dude. He's going to bring all the belts. Yeah. So here is my brand new brown belt. Nice. <laughs> it has been worn uh, three times, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't trip. It's just that the events yeah. I be involving in, I can't wear a brown belt. Mm. And so, like, I was supposed to go to Japan yesterday. Right, I know this is what happens in my life. I promise, I'm not exaggerating. Whew, his head is hot in the house. I'm bald headed underneath. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so it just so so fans don't know it's really me. So I was supposed to go to Japan yesterday and test with the Japanese yakuza boss of Shidokan Karate, oh, shit. but essentially. It was it was thrown at me at the last minute. But even though I was doing, I do katas now, like old school traditional karate katas, and I was learning them shits. And my my instructor, he threw at me at the last minute. You got to pay for your ticket. I'm like, whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> what? Three weeks? Tokyo, Japan? No. Osaka. Oh, I love Osaka. Yeah, me too. I've been there 13 times. Here's the thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, by the way. So, um, I have never in my life, and I'm not not lying. We'll lead into the bear story later. I have never booked a plane flight. Ever. Mm -hmm. 
Nah, did you? They need to book the flight for right. you. Right. And pay for it. Right. This is a common courtesy you get, Mr. International. Right. You need, you better pay for the damn flight. Right. So, so yeah, I didn't get on the plane because they didn't book the flight. And I was supposed to be going there because well. Concho Yoshiji Sueno loves me. And when I mean love me, you ready? Okay, y'all get an idea with Japanese culture. You've been there, right? You've been there, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I used to live there. So you know what I'm about to say is valid as shit. Okay, I am the first for gaijin, foreigner, to yeah. walk into his house and hang out. I am the Damn. first foreigner. I'm the only gaijin to hold his first and only grandchild. Damn, dude. Buckle up. This shit is getting deeper <laughs> than the the, uh, the damn the abyss. I literally was working out with them doing the, the hoochie hoochie stuff. The, you know, waka, cha-cha stuff. <laughs> I was sweating because it was in the summer. Have you ever been there during the, the summer of Japan in the hot months of Japan? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, I lived there for two years. The devil it gets so out. hot. The devil moves out of there. He goes to hell. And the bugs are this freaking... Dude, what the fuck is that? That, that, that damn radiation <laughs> kicked them, made them bugs big. Them bugs yeah, big. mutated the bugs. When a bug has a shadow at 12 o'clock, <laughs> you know that damn bug's big. And you got to be brave. You got to be a samurai to know that you're dealing with a damn Japanese beetle. <laughs> so, so I'm sweating. And, I, and I'm holding his granddaughter. And the reason why I was holding the granddaughter, the mama was a, his, his daughter was a new mom. And new moms don't know how to deal with babies. Even though it's maternal instinct. Well, apparently... I'm, I was a journeyman at that juncture. So I took her. I said, So she reluctantly hands me her daughter. And so the problem was that she was holding the baby on her right boob. I'm like, no, no. And I don't speak Japanese. Not conversation. So I said, you have to hold the baby on your left boob because of the heartbeat. And you put the head up against the, the boob. And I, I, I was trying to demonstrate how to hold it. The baby stops crying. And all the other belts that were standing around me, like, you know, them fifth, six, and above. And the family was mm -hmm. like, oh, you, you know, they're like, oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And the translator was explaining what I was saying. And so... I'm holding I'm, I'm gonna do that slow, steady bounce, but I'm also putting the baby making the baby see of look look towards mom. So you because you don't smother the baby's face into your chest. The baby starts laughing, giggling. <laughs> and I'm, and I, what happened, I even I didn't pay attention. My sweat had fallen into her mouth. And, <laughs> oh my god. And I, I like, oops, my bad. That's my favorite. Phrase of my bad. <laughs> Concho Sueno pushes my face forward so that the sweat drops into her mouth. 
Damn, right. that is some samurai oh, shit. Oh, and then that's what he said. He he wanted the the, the sweat of the samurai in the, her baby's mouth. Ever since then, <laughs> I'm solid as rock with him. Now, yeah. Let me give you a little bit more, and I'm gonna move forward. You don't know who Kancho Yoshiki Sueno is, but you gentlemen are both over the age of 26. Mm-hmm. That means you I am know, 26. We're 26 and plus one day. You know the answer to this. You have played, <laughs> you have played the video game Street Fighter. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Concho Sueno, buckle up, buckle up. <laughs> Concho Sueno is Ryu. Oh, dude. There you go. Right. The OG. Right. That's who it is. Dude, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. That's a cool, right. cool connect there. And anytime, like they would, like back in the day, when I would go with, like, my instructor, like we went to Nice, France, on some 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 high ya stuff, and some pew 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 stuff, and um, so we went out. We had a conference, and it, this was this was the turning point of MMA. Okay, so what it was, they were losing fighters. Because of MMA, already had the reality show. I had not yet been on Ultimate Fighter. They were like on season one or two. And so they were asking mm. amongst the other Shihans, and you know, the guys with way more stripes than me. What seems to be a problem? Nobody had an answer. I raised my hand. And mind you, I'm in a room with third and fourth degrees on up. And I was only a showdown. I had one nasty little stripe on my black belt, and my black belt was still new. You know when it sits up, like how this brown belt does? You know, like this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stiff as Stiff still. as hell. And so I said, the problem is that MMA promoters are giving um, sponsorship money, sh- guaranteed show money, and then win bonuses, knockout bonuses, performance bonuses, and backdoor bonuses. And as I was given the whole blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I gave up so much of the, the, the gems of what was going on. They had to shut me up. But they only said it one time. <laughs> when you're in a room full of you, you know, get, kill Bill, deadly 88s, you shut the hell up. <laughs> because they're not just in yeah. Japan. they all over. they from all over the world. And after oh, that, man. I became very important in a room so important he brought me to the board of directors table now the lovely lady laura st Clair, who refused to be on camera she saw this picture she saw the picture with concho yoshiji sueno with his hands on my shoulders had me seated in his chair and my instructor who's an eighth degree black belt he's like two rows down like two people down he was his Eddie Yoshimura is Concho Sueno's second in, like, American general. He had the other senior guys above Eddie standing next to him, then Eddie, but me seated. She's even seen a picture of me holding little Itsuko Yosueno in my hands and with me smiling, you know. And then it was later found out they saw the Asian in and then they were asked, they asked me, are you part Japanese? 
<laughs> Do I look Japanese? <laughs> well, here's the crazy part. I knew the answer. And I, I was one of the first people. Do y'all remember when 23andMe first came out? Yeah, I mean, it was like 2000. I don't know what year that would have came yeah. out. Yeah, well, I, I was remember one of, the, one of the concept was announced. Yeah. I was one of the lab rats. And I was also, uh, there it is, there he is. Yeah. I was a lab rat for LASIK over 20 some years ago. And that made me cry. I was a lab rat for 23andMe as well. And it was insane that they saw it. And there's a part of Japan that's black. People don't know that. But I just oozed. Ooh! I know government's always fussing about me being off the rails. But <laughs> the first uh, Shaolin Temple was built by a black man. And also the nose to the Sphinx that they said it, it was eroded away. No, it didn't. It's on the second or third floor of the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. I know because I was there. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I was there. So any archaeologists that sit there and talk about the nose eroded, no, it didn't because I saw it with my own eyes. It's in, it's in Russia. I wanted to put that out there. You know how this interview goes. <sighs> and, oh, my logistically enhanced uh, superlative uh, fiance, shit, she wrote me. She wrote me damn notes, man. She has an iPhone. <laughs> she got the notes. Dude, I be having instructions. Y'all thought I was like on this shit on my own. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing a talk show supposedly and a documentary. Uh, hold it. Okay, I gotta read this because this is important. Oh, I introduced myself as oh shit uh, oops that's I'm a little say that <laughs> right <laughs> this is why when I do movies they don't give me scripts because <laughs> you know, I was in the movie Divergent and he told me don't no no you just do you <laughs> I'm like alright yeah just do your own okay. thing follow me shit I'm on Instagram and Facebook I got two Instagram pages and my Twitter message me because people have been copying my shit okay anyway, back to notes I am currently putting together a training program on kicking anything's ass for kids and, and anyone who wants to overcome a pressing issues program for pro fighters, women, self-defense. I will have feature. What? She's done with me. I'm going to train women. What? <laughs> I'm going to, okay, I'm doing that. I'm telling you, I, I should have my own reality show. And, and, Dude, I've been saying that forever. Right, and she should like be blurred because she don't want to be seen. I don't want her whooping my ass because she's a curvy girl. <laughs> she was a gymnast, wink, wink, no cardio. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> gymnasts don't do marathons. They do sprints across the floor. Okay, I just got Yes, dear. That's the success of a 51-year-old man or this woman. Yes, dear. <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> she and then when we got together, she's like, "I'm done with you." Sure, you are. Right. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Sidebar. How do we get together? Because I'm taking away all y'all questions because y'all been wanting to ask some shit. So, you know how we all get snooked and faked out by women online? Is men. Oh, with the Photoshop? Dude. Catfish? Is so, she did a side view picture. And you know where he went the heels and the, and the black spandex with the waist belt? And and, it, and I said, because we've known each other for almost three decades, but in my memories, I didn't remember all that because the nightclub was dark and it was a dude that was always getting in my damn way. Ruben, I'm giving you a shout out. I don't know his last name anymore, <laughs> but so he just know his name is Ruben. So I was like, when she, I saw the picture pop up random. I'm like, fuck, I think I know her. Oh, yeah. I don't remember all that though. So I said, "Uh, uh-uh, I see, I, I, I smell Photoshop," and I did, I did say that because I'm that dude. So she commented back. I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm a non-believer, and I'm an, and I'm an astrologist as a symmetrist, and I know Photoshop when I see it." I, I took. Graphic des- uh, uh, artistic design in college when you had to draw Fox. Mr. International. Right. I used to, I still have a 100 meg zip disk. I can tell Photoshop when I see it. <laughs> and we were on the phone like two high school ass kids for a long ass time. My battery was dying and I had my phone plugged in how long the conversation was. <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing led to another, and she said, well, maybe I should come out and say, what you doing? Nothing, just chilling, you know. And she said, and before I know it, she's in the Uber Excel on her way. And you know when you're single recently, you're in that deep depression. So your yeah, place is all fucked up. Because my spidey senses went off. Oh, shit, this is coming. I got to go. I literally was scraping paint off the walls and <laughs> fellas, I was filling my refrigerator with water bottles <laughs> to make my fridge look full. I was moving the cans. The booty will do that to you. Dude, I was literally moving the cans forward in the cupboard. <laughs> I would put my my supplements in the food cabinet to make it look like I had shit. <laughs> I was fully active on prestidigitation. That means to fool the eye. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was on it. But then I'm looking, so she built like this for real. Plus, you know, plus a little bit more. This is unbelievable. Cause we saw them insta thoughts that you know damn well. Not it ain't that much tits and ass walking around. Cause we have never seen them walking down the street in that mm-hmm. much of abundance. Yeah, ever. <laughs> This yeah. is a whole. This is a fifty-first state, somewhere off the shores of California or Florida. <laughs> Where the, that they don't it's like, I they know all the states. I know they're not there. They're, yeah, you went looking, dude. Over in somewhere like the Netherlands or somewhere. <laughs> but I laughed. So she actually showed up. I'm like, oh, this is real. I actually just made the bed. I I, I sprayed Lysol. I had used list uh, the. the I poured Listerine in the toilet. I like 
clean the bathroom. What's dirty in the toilet? Yeah, it's an old school trick. Mouthwash the toilet. Yeah, you, you pour Coca-Cola. <laughs> you Did you know you pour Coca-Cola in the toilet? It'll clean the toilet. And then you pour Coca-Cola yeah, in the toilet. Yeah, I saw that on TikTok. Yeah, where did I get it from? I'm not Andy Jack. I, of course. <laughs> I miss interaction. I just, but I know because uh, TikTok and Instagram videos. Hmm. You can use Coca-Cola on cleaning your windows, too. And you can clean the cables off your uh, um, your battery posts on your car. But never mind. Yeah, I actually did that. I had to do that a little bit ago. Shoney, what is... If you had to... If you went through your whole career, you had a lot of big moments. Oh, my God. Which one would be your favorite moment, you think? One of my favorite moments, top five. When I wrestled a bear in Russia. Yes, dude. Yeah, I did it before Khabib. Way before Khabib, Khabib. shit. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. Running up the Great Wall of China. Not all 1,412 miles, but I got a mile up, so I'm good. So, <laughs> let's see. Walking on the Black Rocks of Hawaii. Damn, that crab bit me on the, on the toe. Luckily, it pinched me. <laughs> I fought a guy named Simon Posner and I threw 25 spinning backfists. I hit him with 15 and the fight went to distance. I've got that fight on VHS in Super Brawl. Let's see. Uh, let's see. What else? Doing bare knuckle boxing against the king of gypsies. In yes, dude. That was the best. Man, I got some crazy dude. shit. Oh, dude, I love that bare knuckle fight, dude. Shoney fought. He was this undefeated bare knuckle kid. That was only a few years ago, right. too. That was like 2018, right? So Shoney was what were you 47? Yeah, he fought this undefeated kid in bare knuckle. I thought you won, and the judges fucked you. Honestly, I was like, I was like what the hell, dude? They're just letting this kid be undefeated. Still. Right, right. Um, when I fought, oh, oh, buckle up. So, one week, uh, UFC 28, I fought Adrian Serrano. I beat him by decision, but that's not the big point. That week, prior to the fight, I did a jiu-jitsu tournament, and I dislocated my left, got my elbow dislocated, that I didn't want to tap out, to Bill Hill. Then, I bought a football lineman sleeve once they put the elbow back in rather than going to the doctor. Well, then I went to the UFC and fought with a dislocated elbow. I beat Adrian Serrano. The next day, I flew out from the UFC down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and fought in the Team USA Shitakan Bare Knuckle Karate U.S. Championships. I fought three, three or four fights that day to the finals. I got TKO by uh, um, Lamine Kita in the finals, in the bare knuckle rounds. But I made it to the finals. That's four fights that day. The UFC the night before, jiu-jitsu tournament on Wednesday. This is all in one week, I promise. <laughs> then we left there on my little second place, cute little trophy, whatever it is. I, I misplaced that shit. I then went down to Miami, and they were doing underground fights. And I fought some guy that night after fighting in the Sheetah that morning and afternoon. 
beat that guy. Dude, serious. that is so old school. That is some OG right. shit. Right. And this is stuff that people don't know because I've got underground fights when I used to fight every Tuesday at a club called the Tropicana de Cache here in Chicago. And I fought six fights in one night, never leaving the ring. And I've got it on VHS yeah. flash drive. Dude, Josh, mm-hmm. Shoney has probably, how many recorded fights do you have? Like 75? More than that. And, I've got fights that no one's yeah, seen. And, that's what I mean. That's what I was going to say. He's got like 75 recorded fights and then another 110 that are on like VHS tapes that you'll find here and there. You'll be at like a thrift store and be like, Shoney Carter versus Ishiro Hikashama. What the I hell know. is this? <laughs> yeah, because I will fight so Japan. Man. And people were wondering. I watched this one that you had. Uh, you won the fight and they gave you like a luchador mask yeah. for winning yeah. it. Yeah. It's like the belt. Instead of a belt, they gave him a luchador mask. Oh, here's another one. I fought old school. Now, this is me saying he was old school to me. If you can find this footage, please get it to me. I fought Anthony Macias, the guy who got suplexed by Dan Severn in UFC 1 or 2. Yeah. I fought him and beat the cow walking shit out of him, and they raised his hand. And he was whoop so bad that he couldn't even get his hand raised. The ref had to be like, this. oh my god! I did a fight <laughs> in M1 Russia when I wrestled the bear, and I got, yeah. I got pissed because I I broke his ribs and I broke his jaw in the fight. They, the ref randomly took a point away. I'm like, and and you know the ignorant in me came out. I'm like, what the fuck, ref? He turned his head because I, I you know I got I got him down, and I was and I was doing the Planet of the Apes punching. The Hadouken punching. And I, I did Hadouken when you, you do like this. And I, and he turned his head as I hit him with the double horseshoe punch. And he took a point away. What the fuck? And so then after the end of the fight, it took so long for them to decide on who won. They, I stopped sweating. You know that's fucked up. Oh it was an eight-man tournament because I stole a trip to Russia. And essentially, Brian Gassaway got arrested, so I was supposed to take the fight, but he never got on the plane. So I got on the plane anyway. Mm. I was trying to get a free trip to Russia because I got do stuff. And they made me fight, and I didn't care because, you know, me, I don't give a fuck about a fight. You got rules and time limits. So <laughs> I ended up hanging out with the Russian mafia after the end of the fight. And literally, they took me to a topless casino, they took me to a rave. That was my first. That was the first and only time I discovered ecstasy because she stuck her tongue down my throat and she snatched my coat off. And I ended up playing. Oh my god! I ended up playing snooker with a Russian, a Russian Spetsnaz agent. No bullshit. In a graveyard party in a mausoleum. <laughs> this shit happens to me. Probably in like a purple suit, dude. Too at the same time. Man. Don't even talk to me about that purple suit down in Louisiana. With the fur coat and Mardi Gras, you know it went down. Oh, hell yeah. When the owner of, the former owner who passed away, the owner of Brown's Chicken, he saw me from his balcony and beckoned me to come up. And I didn't know who he was. Just a guy with a really strange toupee hair surgery. He is hills in crop crop rolls because he had a ball spot. 
and you guys get the, the hair injections. Mm. And his hair was perfect. Oh, yeah. His hair was perfectly aligned. And I kept staring at his hair. Because I had never seen that shit before. His name was Al Kaltoff. There it is. But that was... But that picture, was, yeah, that picture yeah. was downtown in Sofia, Bulgaria, and that was right before I did Jello shots with the president or premier <laughs> of um, Sofia, Bulgaria. Was it a mayor? Yeah, I did Jello shots with the yeah. with the boss. You you so lived up to your nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Sofia, Bulgaria. I remember that picture. Yeah, th- that's another funny. I end up, yeah. I was in the playing basketball with the Bulgarian national wrestling team. And if you ever knew what the what they Oh my saying, god. Yeah. They're like, dude, they probably they didn't know what they were getting into. You brought gave them that American oh, shooting and they probably oh. couldn't even hang at all. They they got the most athletic scared black guy basketball player ever. <laughs> ever. Because I knew not to go in for a layup because you cannot be doing that with Greco Roman wrestlers. And freestyle, <laughs> right? You jump if you want. That's that's on you. That's a you problem. Right. So I was a three point shooting motherfucker on them, and their three point line is farther than the three point line in America. Yeah, the three point line's thirty five feet away. <laughs> I still beat them. Though. And yeah, it was I won a Division two uh, NCAA three point shootout in the summer league. But that's another story. I yeah I, I I played against yeah I hung out with some basketball players one summer in college. Yeah, to give you that line that timeline. I was in college when O.J. Simpson got acquitted for murder. And oh, yeah, that that's when I was in college. And every woman in the in the in the TV break room started crying. And everybody looked at me. I'm like, I didn't kill that white woman. He, I said, Don't yeah, me. dude. I'm, I said, I just like the fight. I'm not gonna cut anybody's head off. Right. Please. What the hell? <laughs> that was when I did my first underground fights when I was in when I was in Jefferson City, Tennessee. What? That shit was hilarious. I'll keep you on. I think this podcast is gonna be epic because my timeline bounces all over the place. Mm-hmm. From bare knuckle knockdown karate to bare knuckle boxing to doing underground fights. My first underground fight, which is epic, was because I fought a black guy named Q Ball Johnson. And I actually was talking shit even back then because I was in the US Marine. And I was like, Q Ball Johnson? You know, they were trying to explain the rules to underground, like a tough man underground fight. I'm like, there ain't no goddamn rule, it's a fight. <laughs> and I, I was that yeah. dude talking shit, and and he said, "Well, they, they announced who's fighting first And then when he said Cue Ball Johnson, and I was, and I was like, "I got a question," and they were like, "Yo, what, what was your question? Why the fuck is his name Cue Ball? He's black. The Cue Ball is white. He should be Eight Ball Johnson." <laughs> oh my god. Even my teammates were like, Shoney, no! I'm like, it's two black guys. I can crack these jokes, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. The place went batshit nuts. <laughs> so this is when the interview falls off, Laura, because you're leaving the room to go to the bathroom. 
<laughs> she always fussed at me about my interview capacity. Bear with me, I gotta make room for her. And scooting the, the coffee table forward so she can get by without being on camera. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you get just walk by fast, it'll be a blur. Go ahead. There she is. She walked by. There you go. <laughs> I love messing with her. I do. It's sort of my thing. So, yeah. Where were we? Timelines. What have I been doing? Oh, my God. A lot. Dude, well, you've been traveling the world at this point. So, was the first time you left the U.S., was that for, with the military or was it for a fight? Before both. Okay. I promise this is not a lie. I was a Sunday school teacher in church, and we went on a church choir trip to Mexico. And we went to the part of Mexico, I guess they had never seen a black man before. Oh, shit. This was hilarious. <laughs> this was my first interaction with real Mexicans, like authentic, not across the border. I'm talking, I'm in their house, Mexico. Yeah, and we went up into the mountains of Mexico to uh, I can't pronounce the damn word. where the mountains at use, use Google Maps okay so <laughs> literally and they were selling chiclets little gum you know little boy was selling gum I felt bad for him so I bought I gave him five dollars he gives me the whole you know the little packet they have with chiclets, chiclets. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, the best way to get me is send a child to sell me something because that's what I do. <laughs> I'm gonna buy the whole damn stock. <laughs> so I took the box, gave him five dollars. Literally, he runs off when American dollar was worth a damn, you know, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So. Next thing you know, because I guess they knew that we were coming. The father comes back grabbing a little boy by the ear with the five the five dollars, and he was a nice old man, very nice. And literally, he said, "No, no, no." The translator was saying to me that he can't take it because this little boy stole your five dollars. I'm like, "No, he didn't," because he was crying. I'm like, "Please tell me you didn't spank him." I said, no, I, I gave it to him. And so the lady blah, blah, blah is in Spanish and says that I gave him the um, the $5. You know what the grandfather, you know what that father did for me? Time out. <laughs> Damn, dude, right at the precipice of the, <laughs> what he did. We'll never know. Let's see if we... <laughs> What the grandfather did. Uh, I hope he comes back. The, the grandfather country. gave him the child. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got a gift from from him that he's bringing back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it was going. Man, man. I feel like I'm the odd man out as far as backgrounds go. He's got all his belts. You got the like leopard print or whatever. Just in my <laughs> office. Yeah. Some yeah, yeah. I got away from my girlfriend. I got a stuff shelf, and my stuff shelf <laughs> is full of stuff. That I've gotten from all overseas. Makes sense. In all all my travels. And she's gonna mm -hmm. come in any minute and show I'm gonna show you what this farmer gave me. 
because it was really sentimental to me. Oh, I just heard her move it. And here, here's my, here's my off-camera executive at work. So this old man carved this. Right oh, shit. And gave it to me. Yeah. Dude, that is sick. Sick as hell. Yeah, he did this for me. So basically I paid $5 for a really nice piece of glass. And yeah, literally, really, came out on top uh, in that scenario. Winning, winning, and like my travels in my life as an as an art as a martial artist as an MMA athlete, the 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 adventures are abounding. From when I king of the cage, you know, I, I was a king cage champion before. Hell yeah, king cage champion, WEC champion, IFC, all this stuff. So. I was a referee on one of the native reservations. And a fight shows a fight show. What is? Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're at. What are the acronyms? Essentially, I end up going to the after party. And I go to a bar. And I see the old man behind the bar, but I don't know who he is. Until I find out he's the Native American chief of that reservation. Mm. And so they were playing, you know, at the time music that we would listen to. I'm like, oh, I hate this music. And he's like, well, go play what you want. I didn't. I'm like, okay, chief, I got you. You said play what I want. And you know I'm about to do it. As a a side gig, I fight. One of my passions (laughs) is salsa. I dance salsa. Ooh. Yeah. Merengue and bachata. I'm, I'm trying to learn tango, but salsa is pretty much my wheelhouse. And so you see the belts. I said fighting is my side gig. So you get how good I can salsa. Miami style, New York style, California, I don't like because it's too ballroomish. Then there's the hood ass <laughs> Chicago style. So I play salsa on a Native American reservation. The place goes batshit nuts with the natives. They like, I'm like, wait a minute, how the hell do y'all know about salsa? Then I find out it's actually African and blacks and Africans and intermixed, the slave trade routes and blah blah blah, so forth. The chief lights up like a damn Macy's Day Christmas tree. I'm like, what? What's up? My wife loves salsa. I can't dance. Would you dance with my wife? Say less. Oh, shit. We had been talking yeah. the whole time. I never told him my name. Until, big, Damn. keep this in mind, what I said was Native American Reservation. Yeah. I said, he said, what's your name, my friend? My name is Shoni. Everybody at the bar looked. What? That's my name is Shoney. Well, what's up? Shawnee, Shoshone. Yeah, yep. yeah. Oh my yeah. It went down. It <laughs> went down. I'm talking Titanic and the Lusitania down. It went down fast. Oh. For those of you that are watching, the Titanic was not the only big boat that sunk. The Lusitania. <laughs> yeah. The, the Titanic was shot down by 
by a, a submarine missile. Don't get me into that. Yes, dude. Oh, I'm right there right, with you. Right. They had a navy ship. A navy ship went to the exact location exactly. that it sank two hours beforehand and just hung out for forty minutes for no reason. Come on, right. they sank that thing on purpose, right? So they could get the national reserve exactly. cooking. I'm My right man. there with you. I'm looking at. It. Yeah. So, God, literally, literally, I she gets on the floor. He goes over and he feeds that damn that that, that jukebox. Like eight saucers, so I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I took off my jacket, and I'm, I, I thought, "Untucked." Hey, I stood up, untook my shirt. I said, "We about to do this. We about to get loose up in here." We saucered nonstop for over 30, 40 minutes, and I'm getting it. Well, she's sweating, I'm sweating, and she's not the youngest woman in the room. She had that little, you know, that Native American, that subtle gray streak. That she said she's wise yeah. as hell, but she built like she shouldn't be married to him. I'm like, oh my god, let's do this. We dancing, we made it sexy. We made and, and when they had them camcorders, it was like this, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> we had camcorders. You get it. So there's footage somewhere on a Native American reservation on VHS. Me salsa dancing. Yeah, the Shoney dance tape. It's out, right, there. it's out there. It's out there. So it's gonna break the internet someday, dude. It's it's, it's, going, it's going down. <laughs> so literally, to thank me for dancing with his wife, he says, "Wait right here." I'm like, "All right, all right, say less." I'm just having fun. I get to dance with a curvy Native American woman who's married. You know, glad I've had a weird life. If you, if you catch on you know what I'm saying. So, so he goes and comes back and, oh, Laura, okay, I'm going to give her a break. She's on a furlough for an hour. So, <laughs> I'm right back. <laughs> He's got another gift, dude. He, one time he sent me a bunch of, uh, some of like his gifts and awards that he had gotten, he was sending me pictures of it, dude. He has some sweet stuff <laughs> that people have given him in like handmade stuff. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's pretty cool. All right, here we go. Stuff. So I'm back. Bam! Buckle up, Buttercup. It's about to get toughened up. Moment. He gives me an American bald eagle feather. Yeah. This is an American from the chief himself. The chief himself. Now, let me give you a little bit of info if you don't know this already. This year could damn near get will damn near get me not almost locked up, but definitely locked up. <laughs> this is the national bird feather of our national yeah. our country. You're not supposed to have an American bald eagle feather in your possession. <laughs> So basically, I'm, I'm yeah. implicating myself at the 56th minute of our interview. <laughs> it's got to be a statue of limitation at that point. Well, the know? bird is still the national symbol. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like I said, I have a stuffed shelf that's so epic that I can give you so many stories. That, <laughs> like I said, when it comes to my traveling and training and teaching it's crazy like when I try to offer help with the pro fighters. Mm -hmm. 
I for a while, for a short brief moment, I was training with VFS, and that's Juliana Pena's uh, one of her camps. Mm-hmm. And essentially, when I think it was a girl's name, I think it was Macy Barber. She was there for a short while. Felice Herrick, um, Lou Taylor. I remember all. I remember when they were all brand new. I damn yeah. I referee one of Clay Queen's first fights. Huh? For who's? I who's referee one of Clay Guida's first fights. Oh damn! <laughs> That's, that would be a yeah, yeah. I could tell you about. Were there any? Was were you able to tell like with guys like that back then? Like oh, oh Clay Guida is going to be good. Let me tell you something. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Years ago, I, I was fighting in Canada for a TKO and what was the other one? I forget the name of the organization. They're not there anymore. And so, W1. W1. <laughs> TKO, W1 it was the third one. And he wasn't ever. I, um, I ran across the uh, young, not yet UFC champion, George St. Pierre. Oh, dude. And I saw him first in Vegas. And I think maybe he had dared a fight, maybe, or two. And I said, you know, I like you. I said, you know, we're going to be cool. I said, I see something in you. And you're going to be the next big thing. I said, you're going to win the title, bro. And you're going to hold on to it. And he's like, oh, Mr. Internacional. I said, hey, 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 I'm Shawnee. Just say Shawnee. Shawnee. And we were talking, and we were vibing. And I said, I promise you, you're going to win the UFC, but I see it in. And, well, we know how that turned out, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I was laughing. The other one was, you won't believe this. There was Daniel James. I'm the one who got him started in his MMA career. We were both trainers at a health club. He's ranked number four in Bellator. Yeah, as a heavyweight. Yeah, where do you think he's going to end up? Do you still talk to him? All the time. I can't even. T- I, I could have called him anytime I want. You probably, you probably can't leak what he, which way he's leaning, huh? Because Bellator is about to split apart. I heard about. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they're they're doing their last event coming up. Yeah, in Chicago. So, yeah, in Chicago. Uh, That's right. I know he's gonna be on the card. I wish he put me on the card just mm. for shits and giggles. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know another one who I actually tapped inside knew he was gonna be the champion. Johnny Jones. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You have a good eye for it. Yeah, then, I I talked to him. I said, yeah, you definitely gonna whoop that ass because before you, I, as I said to him, I said. You know, Dana White's sick of buying replica belts. And I said, you'll probably be the one. Oh. Okay. And yeah, he held on to it for a long, long time. time. And I laughed because people were like, how did you know? I said, oh, I can tell. And even friends were like, why don't you fight for the belt? I said, I said, really? Do y'all really think they want my type? I said, I said, and they were, people were like, what? What are you talking about? I said, 
Look at how I dress. I said, I'm taking pictures with all the ladies, touching booties and signing tits and walking around like I'm the baddest motherfucker in the room. Oh, yeah. I'm the baddest motherfucker in the room. (laughs) I laughed about it because even on the Ultimate Fighter, when you see that clip when George St. Pierre says, show me, I can't believe that there are people like you. I said, listen here, let me tell you something. I said, I know why I'm here. And they edited a lot of that show. They edited mm-hmm. a lot of it off the show. I said, because he had a fight coming up against this one guy you may have heard of. His name was Matthew Hughes. Yeah. And the reason why I call him Matthew, because that's what his mama named him. <laughs> Just like Matthew Sarah, his dad named him. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's got a beef with that guy. Well, let me explain to you why I have a a beef with Matthew Hughes. Matthew Sarah, I would love a trilogy match. It never happened. Matthew Hughes. So, (laughs) literally, Matthew Hughes, okay, I'm a fan of fighting. And Matthew would do stupid shit. Matthew literally would, um, one time I was, I, I had trading cards. Now, when I talk about, I'm talking about trading cards. Time out! Oh, <laughs> Scurry off the gate. He's like, dude, oh yeah. Oh, I won't be, a, I wonder if he's got a card of himself. That'd be interesting. I don't know if, if they I had do a have a trade card of myself, they, but they, they came in the middle because the girlfriend bought it. Yeah. Oh, ironically, she. <laughs> this is one a fan gave me from, from Japan when I was in Pancreas. Oh, I know, and I autographed it, and I videotaped nice. it. I videotaped me autographing it. But literally, you don't know about Tiyoshi Kosaka. This is from the person. Dude, that's a. This <laughs> is from the video game from Dreamcast. <laughs> Right, I've got Tiyoshi Kosaka, Frank Shamrock. Oh, Wait a minute, buckle up, buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> Mo Marie Smith. I know, Dude. I know, I know, and I just talked to Maurice not too long ago. Ron Waterman. <laughs> Waterman again. Waterman again. Okay, this one is Dan Henderson. But buckle up, buckle up. <laughs> Tito Ortiz autographed. <laughs> Frank Shamrock autographed. <laughs> buckle up, y'all. D- don't faint. Don't faint, I said. Chuck Liddell <laughs> autographed. Dude, <laughs> I Chuck can. Liddell autographed. I was just watching a Chuck Liddell takedown defense montage oh, two days oh, ago. Dude. Don't get me started. Chuck Liddell again. Silver autograph Tito Ortiz. <laughs> Gary Goodridge. Dude, I have. Oh, I wonder if it's over Eugene there. Jackson. I just found at a. I found at a garage sale the other day. It was Pride on the PS2, and it's got Gary Goodridge. One of the Shamrock brothers, uh, Don Fry yeah. is in there. 
Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh, who's so this? Brad ones. Imes, former owner of the fastest knockout in UFC history. Autograph. <laughs> as a matter of fact, because of my fight training camp stuff, was James Lee, Josh Rafferty. One more time. Time out. <laughs> Got all the props. Oh man. We'll have to wrap up here fairly soon, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I have my autographed DVD series from when I used to have a DVD instructional series in Black Belt Magazine. <laughs> and essentially, Holy right. I'm talking about me. I'm being wretched over here. Yes, dear. Gentlemen, if you're not married or you have a girlfriend, if you have a wife, yes, dear. Saves a lot. Because my girlfriend, she, my excuse me, my home maintenance person, uh, girlfriend, executive, content creation director, editor, she does so much for me. It's, it's She won't let me do laundry because my separation is dirty, funky, nasty. She taught me that it's just cold water on I'm like, oh, say less. Okay. We talked about this on the phone the other day about yeah. the delegation of work and how you asked if I if my girlfriend cooks for me or not, and uh, my response was I like to be able to eat the food after it's done cooking. Well, well yeah. I, my my cohabitation domestic uh, 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 content direction uh, executive <laughs> chief in charge, she's the polar opposite. She mm. was taught by Eileen St. Clair, and. Mm. I, Eileen St. Clair is a matriarch of matriarchs. She's a seamstress. And, Ooh. yeah, and, and her father was a, is a retired truck driver named Don. You know, a name like Don. Mm -hmm. You pretty much know what you get. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don actually worked out with Carlson Gracie Sr. Mm -hmm. Her day. Oh, shit. Yeah, we buckle up. So did I, but I used to sneak over to the Brazilians when they just showed up to Chicago. And I was always wondering if I had been in the room with her dad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I know people have been wondering, you know, like, I know you probably wonder, what else do I do? Other than these crazy epic adventures and moments. Oh, by the way, <laughs> let me go back for a split second. I'm trying to have a conclusion leading into. So, the reason I'm talking about Matthew Hughes is because I had his trading card. Mm. And that fucker tore it up right in front of me. Oh. Luckily, Tim Sylvia was right there when I threw the, I threw a left punch at him, and Tim caught my arm. And the second thing was that he kept making these off-color comments to Dean Thomas. Wink, wink. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Enough about Matthew because he, he gets smoked, and I beat him in college wrestling. But anyway, <laughs> um, to book private training sessions with Sean, the, the what? The four programs I told him about the personal training. I've done the, the training with athletes. They they love this. Fans love this real talk. Yeah, they love the real talk. Yeah. The stories, right. the classics. <laughs> Okay, Laura won't go on camera, but she's telling me talk about women's self-preservation classes. I do not believe in self-defense. I believe in self-preservation because 
self-defense classes are a waste of freaking time because you don't practice it every day. You tie your shoes every day. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried writing down the instructions on how to tie your shoes? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know how to tie your shoes because you know you've practiced it a bunch. So essentially, with self-defense, you have to practice it every day is my point. And so I'm being directed by the love of my life. And I'm trying to get her to giggle because she's very ticklish. I'm grabbing her by the foot, trying to tickle her. <laughs> I'm trying to soften the, you know, the diffusion of stress mm-hmm. that I'm giving her. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm trying to get her. I love you, okay? Okay, okay. Okay, I got a seminar and I'm working on a seminar in Australia and some locally around Illinois. And if Florida wants me, they got to bring me and uh, Miss uh, Miss Laura St. Clair. Because she's my logistic. She's the one who will be, ke- be collecting the money. I'll be doing the teaching for her. Mm-hmm. I'm, not do- I'm not done yet. That's my favorite catchphrase when she says <laughs> I don't. I leave the lights on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> oh, and if you want to book a training session or a seminar, it's Laura at ShoneyCarter.com. That's the email. Oh, for kids. Well, there you go. That's everywhere we can get them. Okay, I train kids. I'm, I'm working with Piper. She's my first seven-year-old client. And her mother does not know that Piper wants to fight in the cage. So I take I train her in the cage. But she's gonna be doing karate, but she's doing MMA. But mm-hmm. dad is the one who brings her to the training sessions. And I, she's a and I don't want my mom to know I'm doing this because she knows I can get hurt. But I don't care. I just want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I may not or may I may I might want to be a, a professional MMA fighter. It is hilarious hearing this little girl talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is I wish I could go live every session. Just so people know I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. Because she's this cute little girl, and it's it's hilarious. Hilarious. Okay. Programs for pro fighters. What should I say about them? They need to learn judo. MMA fighters. The whole training package. Babe, can I just emphasize judo for MMA? Or Greco-Roman for judo. I've never shot double legs in any of my fights. So I believe in teaching the, you know, the fundamentals that there's been long overlooked. And yeah, dude, you had a nasty hip toss. Yeah, I, well, see, there's 67 throws in judo. And I actually hold the UFC record for the most judo throws in a single fight. Everybody was amazed by Ronda Rousey and Carl Parisian, but I did it in UFC 22 versus Brad Gum. And when Francis Ngannou slammed Cyril Gunn the way he did catching a roundhouse kick, I did that in UFC 22. Hell yeah. yeah but essentially, I'm going to, I do offer multiple disciplines, such as pancreation for MMA. It's the grandfather of MMA. And I did that. You could pretty much teach them whatever part they want to know. Right. They want to learn how, some ground technique, some standing, some a little bit of flash. Dude, you got it all. I actually there. teach career guidance too because a lot of fighters nowadays are just fighters. 
and they don't know how to capture the audience other than being in the cage. Yeah, mm. that is true, dude. You were like a pioneer of the how to kind of keep the fans wanting yeah. to see more of you, even outside of the cage. And even like, even when you wouldn't win, the crowd still went nuts yeah. for you when you walked out. Because I, you know what it is? I knew it was all about fun and not having a performance anxiety. And I just like, that's why I like Sanchai so much. And for instance, I did a, a public speaking engagement just recently. And it was about, you know, for, you know, for drug addiction and veterans and things like that. And they were like, you are not nervous or scared. I'm like, nope. And they were like, after the people were like, why not? I said, because I wrestled a bear in Russia. And it's, <laughs> it sounds so crazy. But when I'm teaching, I exude the, the confidence that I have because of life traumas, emotional damage. And I say, well, just have fun. If I'm having fun, you're having fun. I should make it light as possible. And I tell you, I don't get caught up in the belt stripes and or the colors of my belt, things like that. Yes, I do command a certain area of respect, but the cool part is I get to have fun with you, and especially when I can tra- give a transference of energy and education. And when you learn something from me and it helps you, mission accomplished. And that's what I love. I love the, the term mission accomplished because, like I said before, top of the hour, I am a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. And we didn't count bullets. We didn't count bombs. You finished the mission. Whether it's one hand grenade or thermonuclear weapon. Hopefully no one ever has <laughs> used one in light of our world conflicts. Can we just all duke it out in the cage and be over with? No, that's what I'm saying. They need to just get their best and then put them in the cage. Yeah. And then... Trial by Winner combat. Winner gets to decide the long. Battle of the champions. Yeah. Right. And just say, okay, we're going to get along after this. And that's why I tell you, I'm like, I spent all these years doing all this, and I realized how unimportant I am. But yet, I respect the fact of teaching the kids, teaching the ladies, and teaching first responders. And I've taught all the way up to agents of the White House called Secret Service. And it's fun because whether I'm directly helping somebody or indirectly helping the country, because that one Secret Service agent may or may not be in that position or a situation that they could have actually utilize something that I taught them. Hmm. Yeah, And I've had Chicago police and Cook County sheriffs come up to me and say, thank you. Even when I was a, I trained a bodyguard for the former mayor. And he came up to me and bought me lunch. He said, I actually had a situation. I'm like, okay, good. You made, you did good. He said, how do you know? I said, because you walked back, you walked up on me and told me. I said, that's me. Yeah. And he's like, right. oh. Couldn't, couldn't have went too bad if you're standing <laughs> right. here. You did good. <laughs> good job. And all of the years, like I said, I never really thought about it in that moment. With, 
the ring like let me go over here for a second okay there they are there's most of them 10 are missing 10 or 11 are missing because for various reasons one got stolen one was a few of them just got lost all the like moving in mm-hmm. and it's crazy he said how do you lose belts moving and i said bruh sometimes even Got too many. Right, of them. And then one promoter <laughs> owes me a belt because I fought this guy on last minute notice and then the guy was gonna win. And then I ended up winning. And then all of a sudden the belt had to be kept because they were just using it for in front of the audience. The audience <laughs> him. Yeah. I fought an eleven time world champion in Muay Thai kickboxing. You have the WEC one still, right? Is that yeah, it in the top? Right, right there. there it is. I, I actually have two. I, yeah, there it I is. I actually fought for two of them, even though I bling that one out. God. <laughs> Dude, I love the WEC belts. <laughs> yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah. Look at that. King of the, Those were sick. Yeah. These are my kickboxing and bare knuckle karate belts. I fought this one at Throwdown for the middleweight world title against a Lloyd Irvin black belt named. Uh, George fully loaded Lockhart, and he actually, I actually somehow broke my, my arm. Got broken in the middle of the, like the first or second round. The fight went the distance, and well, you know what happened. I won. Yeah, <laughs> the battle, sort of, baby. Sort of figured that one out. The WFC was in Colorado against a guy named John Cronk, and he lived in Colorado Springs. I did mostly cardio for that fight because I remember the Frankie Edgar Clay Guida fight, and they both gassed out in that fight, and that scared me. So I was running seven mm. miles a day, twice a day, for the fight in between sparring sessions. Yeah, I was ultra marathon <laughs> training, 14, 14 yeah, miles. You, you, you were. That was one of my favorite things about how you you could win a fight whether there was five seconds left or 15 minutes right. left. You know, and there's, there's a lot of guys who don't push themselves to be able to do that yeah. still to this day. And I laugh because I one of my longest, one, you're talking about one of my best tough fights, I had a fight that was 45 minutes long. And... Oh my God. Yeah, it was an underground fight. And... It was crazy because that was my introduction to the fight, the underground fight world. I've got it's somewhere on VHS, but but they're transferring all my footage to um, you know, flash drive. There's going to be a documentary. Mm-hmm. The guy name is Quincy Milro, and he cannot believe how much footage there is of me and the stuff that I've done. <laughs> and. You know, another thing you could do with some is, um, dude, I would watch every minute of you commentating over it on YouTube. Oh, my God. I would watch every minute right. of that. And so I'm glad you brought that up because they were talking about doing a channel. So I, I do have a Shoney Carter uninterrupted channel. Mm-hmm. And I asked people, uh, you know, around, didn't know me, know me. And I said, is OnlyFans only for women with the sexy shit? And so I talked to this other guy, and he's like, Shoney, why don't you do a master class in s- series? I'm like, what's that? Then I found out, like, oh, Venus Williams is on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
So they take experts in fields of various types, and you pay for the subscription to learn from them. I'm like, yeah, because yeah. uh, Chase Hooper has the only fans. He does jujitsu on there. There's a few people like that. That's what I'm like. I'm like down for winners. I am willing to try. Oh. Uh-oh. Do we lose him? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Shoney. No. Oh, I think we're... He was checking a message. We lost him. <laughs> we might have lost him, dude. Um, a phone call interrupted. Oh, there oh we go. is he back? He's back. He has a phone call oh, that came through. <laughs> uh. like, Damn it. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about all of this stuff. And like I say, when it comes to teaching and doing all this, I'm like, okay, fine. And it's, like I said, all these crazy adventures, it's, it's insane because this documentary and between documentaries and talk shows and fights and we can go on and on about it because even when I I was in a movie and they put me on a poster on the poster and y'all didn't know about it <laughs> they knew they knew who they needed to put on there dude. Yep, they knew watch the money. this well Shoney oh go ahead and show us this one there it is oh it's put like it's not quite I've never seen I know. That I, I don't even know if he released Good it. Good life. <laughs> but listen, tell everybody to follow me. Hit me up on Instagram. I got to I gotta kick out some people off of, off of Facebook. I guess I'm at the 5,000 mark. Because I, sure I got I, nice. I to gotta, oh, check and yeah. see how to clear out. Some people deactivate their accounts and it takes up a spot. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. Well, all right, Shoney, we are uh, we're gonna put all your stuff in the description, and then when your documentary comes out, we'll definitely tweet it out. Absolutely, get everything on there. We have been very, very thankful for your time. We we needed a great guest for episode two hundred, and you came through. And he's looking great. Fantastic, looking great, sounding great. (laughs) Glad to see that you're doing great. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. I just want to say one last thing. You, I love you, Sierra. Absolutely. I love you, Theo. I love you, Samantha. I love you, Kavion. And I miss you, Leilani. I love you, Leilani. That's all my kids. So. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm dead before. That, that's my hardest and most favorite job. And next time you ever give me a call. Yep. Next episode, we'll be talking about all of my artwork. We didn't get that in, but thank you. Yeah, there's some of it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Man. Well, thank you very much again, Shoney. This has been episode 200 special of Dead Jester. Yes, sir. yes. That's that's thank the you one. So much, everybody. Check out Dead Jester Productions. Live. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.